Welcome to the Wake Up Your Warrior podcast with me, Christine Cohen. Every week, we will share conversations with humans whose lives have been transformed by the power of movement on their mental health, break down the latest neuroscience, and hopefully inspire you to wake up your inner warrior to fight for the best versions of you every single day. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, Warrior. Welcome back to another episode of the Wake Up Your Warrior podcast. And we are continuing our workshop series. We are on day four of how to naturally improve your mental health. Today, we are diving into how the heck taking a cold shower or doing a cold plunge actually can relieve and reduce anxiety and depression, improve your immune system, and basically just have you feeling freaking amazing after going through this really intense cold for even if it's 30 seconds to two minutes long, and how the science supports all of the shifts in our body that actually make this a legitimate way to improve your mental health naturally. I am so excited to challenge you to take on the 30-day cold shower challenge, but don't think I'm crazy just yet. Listen to me, hear me out, and then just go try it. <laughs> I Every time I take a cold shower, I do it probably four times a week. And to be quite honest with you, I just ordered like a DIY hack to make a cold plunge tub outside in my backyard. I know. I ordered this huge tub from Ace Hardware, uh, enough that I could sit in it. And um, I'm pretty, pretty stoked about having that arrive and trying it out. I have high hopes, so I'll let you know. But otherwise, I take a cold shower about four times a week. I end my warm showers with cold in the wintertime because that's just the only thing that gets me to take the cold shower when it's already freezing. I live in New York. Winters are cold. So I end my warm showers with cold water, but still every time my brain tries to stop me, tries to tell me, just get out, just get out of the shower, just skip this part. You don't have to do this. It's not that big of a deal. And then I just have to shut off my thoughts and just kind of like close my eyes and turn the knob to cold. And then I usually do a little scream or something of that nature. And then I just breathe really deeply. I love to put a song on when I do cold showers because I'll sing, I'll dance, and it kind of distracts you from the cold. But um, the whole thing is so beneficial that it is worth it. So give it a shot. The other stuff we're talking about today are nutrient deficiencies that can cause anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. And then a big component of why somebody might be nutrient deficient is because they have gut health issues. Because we can't just eat the nutrients, we have to absorb them. And so if our gut health is off, we are going to either be poorly digesting or poorly absorbing that food and therefore just not even getting the nutrients into our body that we're consuming in what we're eating. So I'm really excited to dive in today with you. Let's jump into it, take notes, all the things, and um, if you're interested in signing up for my program, 
natural solutions for anxiety and depression. This is a lifetime access to this program, and it's amazing. You get everything you need to know about improving your mental health naturally. I'm constantly in updating the program. I'm, it's a live program, meaning that there are video modules for you to watch to get a good foundation, to learn about exactly what to do when it comes to your own personal health, but you get access to me. We do two live group coaching calls every month, and then you can email me anytime when you're signed up for the program. And like I said, you get lifetime access to this, including all of the updates. I'm bringing in experts to teach their special gifts on tapping, on breath work, and more. And it's really a, I designed it to be a comprehensive program. And if you didn't want to seek out one-to-one functional medicine practitioner, that you probably have to pay a ton of money every month out of pocket for, I wanted this to be a fantastic alternative that gives you just as much value, that gives you that personal attention, that individualized programming, as well as professional guidance. And guys, I've been through this before. I have struggled personally with anxiety and depression, as you know, and so I have stood where you are standing. I get it from the feeling perspective of how exhausting and how mentally draining and how hopeless it feels. And I am now here, down in the hole with you, shining a light, saying, come this way, like this is the way out. So I hope you enjoyed today's combo and here we go. So good to see you guys. I know it's been, we're already on day four. It's crazy. It's crazy how fast this is going, but um, I feel like you'll have information to go back to and relearn and re-listen to for, yeah, exactly, for the next few <laughs> days at least. So just as a reminder, um, this is a five-day workshop, but we're doing a bonus day on Sunday because I know that this time of day was hard for many of us to get to live. And so on Sunday, I wanted the opportunity for us all to meet on Zoom, a nice conversation, and it will be one, a great way for you get, to get to experience what it's like to be on a group call with me, um, which is a part of the Natural Solutions for Mental Health program. And we do two monthly group calls every, every month, of course. One is more on mindset and coaching on like, you know, making change is hard regardless if you know exactly what to do. And especially when we're struggling with our mental health and energy and negative thoughts and all the things, having a coach to help kind of work through that with is vital. And then the second call each month is really the functional nutrition um where you get to ask me anything when it comes to your protocol. So even though each of you are going through the Natural Solutions program as a group, you know, individually you're watching the video modules, but we're all here as a group together, you're going to start to branch off from just like, you know, the general path because specific things are specific to you, your body, your needs, what is going on. Someone might have a gut health issue, you might not. Someone might be low in this vitamin or nutrient or mineral, you might not be. So 
you'll be able to reach out to me, talk with me one-on-one -on -one in this group environment. And it's really enlightening. You get to hear, you know, everyone else share what they're going through as well. So it's not, you can always utilize that information. Everything always, um, it, there's feedback in there for all of us. So it's it's really, really fun. So that's what we're going to do on Sunday. And I want to make sure as many people can come. So make sure you fill out the poll I put in our Facebook group so that I know the best time to pick so that the majority of us can make it. So on that note, um, what did you think about yesterday? Talk to me. Tell me. Yeah. I more info. I know, but it was really, really good, right? Learning what's behind the scenes with our brain chemicals is fascinating. And we're actually going to um, dive into that more today when we talk about nutrients and nutrient balances, um, because when it comes to our mental health, nutrient imbalances are almost always behind like the reasoning behind it. Um, stress and inflammation are a huge, huge, huge component. But ultimately, if we're stressed and we're inflamed, it's going to cause our nutrients in our body that are being utilized to start to um, be used very, very quickly, very, very fast. And if we're not replenishing it, we're just not able to have the raw chemicals, the raw ingredients to make the majority <laughs> of our brain chemicals. And then of course, as we discussed, stress is going to either turn on or turn off certain genes that we may be predisposed to that are just going to hurt our mental health even more. So there's a lot behind it. I'm simplifying it to just make it like digestible, to make you know things start to click for us, like this and this together, you know, equal that kind of a thing. Um, but it is quite more complicated than that. And um, I'm obsessed with it, as we all know. Yeah, I know. It's awesome, Lori. Um, if you're here, make sure you're saying hey, and I want to know what you are enjoying about this. So I just wanted to briefly remind you, because the countdown is on, um, we are, you know, open enrollment is happening for the Natural Solutions for Mental Health program. I kind of broke it down to you a little bit yesterday, but I wanted to mention it before we kick off today because I'm giving this workshop a major, major discount. I am giving you the option to save a hundred, I'm sorry, better than that, a thousand dollars on this program. A thousand dollars on this program. I know. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And this program is your step-by-step -step guide. If you have ever wanted to not only, you know, do this for yourself in a way that you are taking the steps, but you are understanding why this is for you, how to interpret the messages that your body is sending you and actually learn to decipher, oh, that means this because I need to eat this this type of food. I make, need to make sure that I take this supplement because I have um, this you know genetic thing going on. So anyway, it's like working with me one on one, except it's not the price of working with me one on one. So it is just a fantastic way for you to really dive into the physiological causes and contributors to improve your mental health like for good. As you can see, it's it's a general, we start really general and then we just continue to go deeper and deeper. 
we start with you know first steps getting everything together if there's certain labs that i would want to see i'd request those from you you take some questionnaires I would help you figure out which amino acids are best to start on to help relieve some of your symptoms as we start to dive into the root cause of things. Then we're going to optimize your nutrition. So we're really going to um, improve that in many, many ways. And I give you time to do all of this, guys. There's no rush. You have lifetime access to this program for life. So you will have this information. So there's no rush in like, oh my gosh, I have to do it all now. And I actually don't even release all the information to you at once. I release it in drips over every like two weeks so that you can just focus on what you need to focus on. If we're on the nutrition module, you're just focusing on nutrition. If you're moved on to stressors and sensitivities, you are doing the food sensitivity elimination reset. You are pulling out of environmental sensitivities. Like you are changing all of your plastic Tupperware to glass, stuff like that. When you're in module four and we're focusing on healing gut health, we're gonna go through that today. And you'll see there are steps to take to discover what is stressing your gut out, what is causing issues, and whether that is you know, just, um, just some food sensitivities or whether that's a bacterial overgrowth or a yeast overgrowth or a parasite. There are different ways that we discover this and then treat all of these. And I help you through that. And then we address nutrient deficiencies, of course, as we're gonna learn today, how important those are. And it gets a little bit tricky, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here as the professional guide to help you navigate what this means, what to do, what supplements to take, the best form to take, um, how to take them. So I really, really help guide you step by step. And then the last thing, if it is still a problem, because sometimes once we address all this stuff upstream, then everything downstream just kind of sorts itself out. So balancing hormones when it comes to our adrenal hormones, stress, um, thyroid hormones, estrogen, progesterone stuff. Sometimes that does balance itself out once we take care of all the other things in the above modules. But if there are still things to address, PMS, um, heavy periods, um, dysregulated estrogen, progesterone, we address that in module six. And then of course you have a full library of natural method techniques, everything we've done this week, plus even more, and I'm constantly adding to it. And then we bring in experts who are like breathwork experts who are um, you know, amazing different ways that have been scientifically proven. Like I'm bringing in a tapping specialist. So it's not just me, you're learning from people who have made it their mission to help others with this and they're sharing their gifts with you. So it is such a comprehensive program. I think it's really the only program that you will need going forward for your mental health. Like it's that, I wanted it to cover the bases. I wanted it to give you all the answers to the questions that you have, have professionals to, guide you. There are opportunities to work with me one-on-one -on -one at a discount. So you even get a discount if you did just want one-on-one -on -one attention in addition to all of this support. And um, you know, the community is growing and growing. I just kicked this off in December of 2021. So it's a brand new program, but we already have had so many people um, working through it and really seeing so much improvement, even just in the last three months. So I'm really, really proud of it, and I cannot wait for you to, to jump in. So if you enroll by Saturday, 
March 5th, that's two days from now, you will save $1,000 off the full price of the program. After that, the price is going up. So if you know you want this, jump in, jump in for sure. You get to get, you, you will start right off the bat right away. All right, so I um, am going to play a song. We're gonna take it down a notch today. I'm gonna play one of my favorite songs by Andra Day and it's called Rise Up and it's super powerful. So today we're just gonna soak it in. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round and you can't find a fighter but I see it in you so we can walk it out. We gon' walk it out and move on days. And I'll rise up, I'll rise like the day. I rise up, I rise unafraid. I rise up, and I do it a thousand eight times again. And I'll The silence is quiet, and it feels like it's getting hard to breathe. And I know you feel like dying, but I promise we would take the world to its feet. Bring it to its feet. And we'll rise up I like the way 
So beautiful. So beautiful. The first time I heard that song, I will never forget. It was Thanksgiving Day and she was singing at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, like on a float. And that was, God, seven years ago. And that was like one of, one of the years I was really struggling with my depression, mental health, anxiety. And I just remember like chills filling my body and just being overcome with these emotions. I felt like she was singing to me. It was just like so beautiful and it can still move me so, so much this many years later. Music is amazing as we have been seeing all week. All right, my beautiful, beautiful warriors. Let's do this. We have really good talk today. Let's jump in. All right. So I'm going to share my screen because I want to talk to you today. We're going to start it off. Hold on. Hold on. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You're ahead of me. <laughs> Here we go. So we are starting off day four. Today we are going to talk about cold hydrotherapy, cold showers, cold plunges. What the hell? <laughs> We're going to talk about nutrient imbalances that cause mental health issues. We're going to talk about gut health, how it's related to mental health, how to figure out if you have food sensitivities, probiotics, prebiotics, what helps, what helps. So let's start it off with what the hell, why is Christine telling me to take a cold shower? Is she out of her brain? I would have asked the same question years ago, but um, before I know what I know now and before I've experienced what I have experienced. So as we know, um, there are so many things that we can do to improve our mental health. So what is it about cold in particular that does something. So here's a case study of about a 24 year old woman, symptoms of major depressive disorder and anxiety. Usually major depressive is when you have been struggling with depression for a certain period of time, um, over a month. And she's been treated for this condition since the age of 17. So for her, it was chronic. Symptoms were resistant to two different types of antidepressants and following the birth of her daughter, she wanted to be medication free and symptom free. So she did this trial um, of this weekly open cold water swim. This led to an immediate improvement in her mood following each swim and a sustained and gradual reduction in symptoms of depression and then Eventually, she was able to stop her medication and even on the year follow-up, continuing to do colds as well, she remains medication-free. Another study concluded that exposure to colds is known to activate the sympathetic nervous system. Remember what we learned the other day about our nervous system? We had our fight or flight and then we had our safety mode. Sympathetic safety, same mode. So it exposure to cold is known to act, I'm sorry, rewind. I got that wrong. Exposure to cold is known to activate the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight nervous system. 
sorry, just had like a total brain fart. So it's actually known to activate our fight or flight nervous system. Why would we want to do something that's going to get us into fight or flight? Well, remember I spoke about how small doses of good stress, of stress period, actually helps our body become more resilient to stress. This is the same idea. Exercise does the same thing, which we're going to learn tomorrow. So it activates our fight or flight state and increases the blood levels of endorphins and noradrenaline in our body. Endorphins are our um, feel-good chemicals. They feel like euphoria. They, they actually reduce pain signals, so we feel numb, more numb to pain when we get endorphin rushes. And noradrenaline helps us just be more alert and awake and focused. And it increases the synaptic release of noradrenaline in our brain as well. So due to the high density of cold receptors in our skin, a cold shower is expected to send an overwhelming amount of electrical impulses from these nerve endings in our body up to our brain, which results in an antidepressive effect. So we get this surge of of brain chemicals, of body and brain chemicals that actually helps us feel so much better, like chem biochemically so much better. And so after a cold shower, you feel really good. <laughs> you feel really, really good. You feel like alert, you feel alive, you feel vibrant. It's incredible. It's incredible. We're gonna talk about some of the other benefits as well. So it reduces inflammation and lowers stress. And as we both know, both of those can contri contribute to depression, anxiety, and poor mental health symptoms. Cold water exposure can help reduce stress levels and the related symptoms because cold temperatures affect the body by lowering our cortisol levels. So overall, we get a lower amount of stress. Relief to inflammatory symptoms of depression, anxiety, fibromyalgia, joint pain, digestive inflammation, autoimmune inflammation. Whole body cold therapy provides short-term pain relief, allowing for chronic pain management and treatment. That is the endorphins. A large study also showed that inflammatory markers in our blood, two specifically, are significantly reduced with cold therapy indicating a long-term effect. So when we do this regularly a few times a week, our entire immune system shifts and we actually have a reduction in inflammation overall. So, so cool. This is what I was saying before. So stress in the form of physical exertion, like exercise, as well as life stress, trigger similar hormonal responses that affect the heart rate and heart rate variability. And cold water immersion therapy stimulates the vagus nerve. What did we learn the other day? When we stimulate the vagus nerve, it becomes stronger. We have a better connection of our brain to our body. So cold water immersion is one of our vagus nerve stimulation techniques, which this in turn lowers our heart rate and improves our heart rate variability. These reduce stress and induce relaxation. Colds can lower anxiety levels. Even as little as two to three minutes a day can change the way the body responds to anxiety triggers. Literally, people who have done cold water immersions um, for like in an, a week, like seven days, five maybe, four to seven days, I forgot exactly what the, um, the protocol was, 
no more anxiety attacks afterwards, no more panic attacks afterwards. Literally changes their biochemistry. Let's talk about depression. So there's a variety of studies and tests that show cold therapy helps improve symptoms of depression comparatively to anti-depression medications. Combining cold water therapy and a special type of breath work, we kind of did this type of breath work the other day when we inhaled and then let it out, or meditation is a great way to enhance the positive benefits of an ice bath. So if you want to get the like double benefits, you would do that breathwork technique that we did the other day, and then you would go take your cold shower. So maybe a maximum of 15 minutes, maybe, maybe, and you've completely altered your nervous system state, your biochemistry, and that's gonna last you for hours. And then as if you do it regularly, that effect starts to build on itself, build and build and build. Since the density of cold receptors in the skin is thought to be three to 10 times higher than that of warm receptors, firing of all skin-based cold receptors from jumping into cold results in a positive therapeutic effect. It's also been shown that lowering the temperature of the brain has a neuroprotective and therapeutic effect, can relieve inflammation, as well as depression. So it is amazing, you guys. It's so simple. It's like, how is this even a thing? How does is this how is this even real? Like cold water really can totally change how I feel, can actually reduce depression and anxiety? Yes. It's going to improve our immune system, and we all want to take care of our immune systems these days. So we best we best care to ensure that our immune system stays strong and healthy long-term. It's one of the most important lines of defense that we have. We talked about how a big part of the immune system is in our gut the other day. We're gonna learn a little bit more today about that. Cold therapy can create an improved immune response, allowing us to fight off infections better, uh, like colds, flu, viruses, even food poisoning, bacteria, and autoimmune disease. And this goes back to its ability to decrease those inflammatory chemicals, and it increases anti-inflammatory chemicals in our body. We taught, we mentioned how cold baths can stimulate the vagus nerve, so I'm not gonna go too far into this, but if you wanted to read more about this, it's in your workbook, but we already covered it, so I'm gonna move on. So here are some tips for taking an ice bath. Actually, can I just tell you this funny story? So I am like, how can, you di how can I DIY an ice bath because I don't want to, I, I can take a cold shower, but there's something different about doing a cold immersion that just is way more challenging and way more effective. A cold shower is definitely a great option and I do one probably four times a week. I end my shower with cold water for about 30 seconds to two minutes, depending on how good the song is that I'm playing in the shower. But um, I wanted an option to do a cold plunge. So I wanted to DIY something. So I just bought, it just came in today. I bought like a huge livestock feeding tub that is big enough for me to get in. <laughs> I bought it from Ace Hardware <laughs> and they had it. It was like a hundred bucks. And then I bought a tarp to cover it so that it doesn't like get dirty and whatnot. And then I bought hydrogen peroxide that you can use to clean the water. So I'm gonna go pick it up today and I'll let you know how it goes. But up until now, I've been doing um, cold showers. So here's a tip for taking ice baths. So if you experience post-workout soreness or pain, right, muscle soreness, taking a cold plunge can help um, with recovery. 
so it can help just your muscles and your body recover better. Um, temperature. So we want about 50 to 59 degrees, but I think benefits have been seen up to 60 degrees. So, and that's um, 10 to 15 degrees Celsius. How long? So you don't want to spend too much time um, challenging yourself to start with 30 seconds of cold water after your regular shower is a great place to start. And then you build up your tolerance and try and get two minutes, I would say. But I would, I mean, five to 10 minutes is a long time, but I start, we want to start gradually here and build up, but you will feel um, difference even after a few minutes. So getting in um, overall, immersing your feet, immersing your legs, immersing your shoulders, your chest, your back, even doing a dunk, like whenever I put my body under cold, my head under the cold, feels amazing. Um, and then great time to do it is really anytime, but I think the morning is the best because it does kind of stimulate you. It does, it just kind of carries me throughout the day and gives me great energy throughout the day and a good mood throughout the day. So I love doing it in the morning. Here are some things to expect after, um, after doing the breath work and the um, cold plunge, according to our friend Wim Hof, who we met the other day. So you can actually take this and kind of understand what to expect as you go through this. And this is your 20-day cold shower challenge. So week one, you would do 30 seconds of cold at the end of your shower. Then week two, you would up it to a minute. Week three, you would up it to 90 seconds and do that breath work that we did together the other day. And then week four, you do two minute cold water at the end of your shower and you do the breath work. So I like to start with the breath work first. That's about 11 minutes we did the other day and then take a shower and like jump, change it to cold. And I will say, you're never gonna like want to do this. <laughs> Even now, after I've done it so many times, my brain always tries to talk me out of it and I just do it. I just like override my mind that's like, don't do it, don't do it, it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be uncomfortable, it's gonna be painful. And I just take my hand and I change the um, the water to cold. <laughs> and then I just usually scream and then breathe really deeply. All right, so let's jump in. That was our natural method protocol. So your homework this week is going to be to take a cold shower, 30 seconds. That's it, just 30 seconds. And challenge yourself to do that for the rest of this week. I know, I'm nuts, but you guys, I wouldn't be telling you to do it if it didn't have a positive benefit, okay? Okay, trust me, give it a shot. Okay, so let's jump into our vitamin and mineral and mental health talk. Okay, so how do vitamins and minerals impact our mental health? Like, how does this actually work? So they're going to create energy to have our body and brain function at its most like bottom functioning levels to optimal. So if we don't have adequate vitamins and minerals, our body is just not functioning properly. Our metabolism is off. The way that we utilize the things that we need to do to feel good to get through the day is going to be off. So think about like thinking and sleeping and waking up and managing stress and your body's energy to exercise, balancing your emotions, managing inflammation, all of that is going to be thrown off because you need vitamins and minerals for all of that. 
They create energy and vitality for us to get up, to feel good, to thrive. And they are key ingredients to the creation of our brain chemicals, serotonin and dopamine, GABA, adrenaline, noradrenaline, glutamate, all of them. In a study um, on ADHD in the British Journal of Psychiatry back in 2014, after eight weeks, two times as many people responded in the high-dose multinutrient group compared to the placebo group. Two times as many went into remission in their depression, their hyperactivity and impulsivity dropped into the normal range, and ADHD symptoms were less intrusive. This is just from taking high-dose multinutrients. 15 to 20% of all the blood in our body passes through our brain every minute. Every minute. The court of that blood bringing nutrients and oxygen to your brain is made up of, contains, what you ate in the last day or so. So if what you ate was nutrient poor, there's not going to be much nutrients in your blood to bring to your brain. If it was rich in nutrients because you're eating an optimal um, nutrition, if your body is functioning well and you're able to absorb all of those nutrients and it's traveling around well, then you're gonna, your brain's going to get all of those nutrients. The brain uses 20 to 40% of the nutrients we consume. Meanwhile, it's only 2% of our entire body weight. It's only 2% of our body weight, but yet it uses almost half of the nutrients that we consume. That's crazy. That's so important. Nutrients work synergistically. They need each other to function. It's not a one-off thing, like this one needs to be high or that one needs to be high. They all need to work in balance with each other. If you're imbalanced in one nutrient, it's likely you'll be imbalanced in many others. Something you're gonna learn today is the balance of zinc and copper. Often, what's happening is people are becoming copper overloaded from you know copper that we're being exposed to in our water, um, us not being able to metabolize it well. Often, actually, really interesting fact about postpartum depression is that they're finding that one of the major causes of postpartum depression is copper overload. Because when we are pregnant, we actually hold on to a lot, of, a lot more nutrients because we're feeding the baby. So things start to rise, you know, how everything changes when we're pregnant, hormones and nutrients. And if a woman, a specific person is not able to metabolize that copper so that it goes down after she gives birth and it remains high, then she is more prone to postpartum depression. And so what we need to do is reduce that copper. When we have low when we have high copper, we have low zinc. They work opposite. And so it's not about having, you know, high of both. It's about having them come back into balance. Having the copper come down and having the zinc go up. So we take zinc supplements, we do things to um, get the copper out of the body and metabolize that properly. So it is so fascinating. And this happens all the time. These are the things that are driving our our um, mental health, poor mental health symptoms. Here are 10 micronutrients that are needed just to convert or just to make serotonin, okay? We talked about how tryptophan, the amino acid, is needed to make serotonin. 
Well, we also need a whole bunch of vitamins and minerals for that to happen. We need zinc, B6, B1, folate, calcium, B3, magnesium, vitamin C, iron, and SAMe. So they all play a role in a different section of this of this reaction of this of serotonin. And so you can see here if you look at the chart exactly what's needed where. If we don't have a balance of these, it's we're not going to be able to create enough of our brain chemicals. Period. The most common nutritional deficiencies seen in patients with mental disorders are omega-3 fatty acids, B vitamins, minerals like zinc, copper, magnesium, and amino acids that are precursors to, neuro to neurotransmitters, to our brain chemicals. Here's some research to back it up. So in 1992, um, they showed that giving a few vitamins to patients on antidepressants resulted in them being able to lower their medication. Other studies show multiple nutrients enables them to decrease their meds. So higher vitamins means our body is functioning. And so therefore we don't need to take as much of the medication. Another study showed higher micronutrient intake was associated with better overall mental function in 100 adults with mood disorders who were on psychiatric medication. In just three days, they started to feel a difference. Nutrients were given to survivors after, oh, actually, you know what? I want to mention that afterwards, I think. Yeah. Okay, so another study um, in the British Journal of Psychiatry. Oh, we talked about this one as well, so I already mentioned that. Okay, so let's talk about natural disasters and traumatic events, because a lot of you are coming to me and saying, you know, I do have some trauma, I do have some things that happened to me, life experiences, and they have definitely you know, dysregulated me. So what can I do to help myself? So they have done some studies on survivors after either natural disasters or traumatic events, and how if they were better able to recover if they were given certain nutrients. So, I mean, the long story short is yes, they would give people even a year after or longer high doses of multi-nutrients, vitamins, and minerals to support their body in overcoming and recovering from this stress. Remember we talked about how stress just takes more everything from your system, and if you're not replenishing it in higher doses, you're going to continue to deplete? Well, that is the rationale here. So it's really, really, really important um, even treating, treating psychiatric symptoms, 80% of people experience some benefit from treatment with multinutrients and 50% um, improve, very much improved. I just want to go back to the slide because I did want to mention this. So nutrients given to survivors after natural disasters are proof and traumatic events, like um, you know any traumatic life event, is proof that a well-nourished body and brain are better able to recover from major stressful events. If we don't replenish the nutrients being used constantly in that fight or flight state, then our nutrients are going to get depleted or imbalanced. And if we don't replenish them, our psychological symptoms will become more and more difficult to manage. Unfortunately, people tend to eat poorly in the wake of a disaster or trauma. 
it's just either their food is not accessible, um, like access to fresh food is usually way more difficult. Also, the stress response just imposes higher nutritional needs. And so we just might crave, you know, higher calorie foods that aren't the like full of nutrients as well. People turn to comfort foods when they are very stressed, as we all can relate to on some level. So just when you need even more nutrients to help you cope, you're not getting them. So it becomes harder and harder and harder. In 2020, we did a U.S. census pre-pandemic. 25% rate of depression in the U.S. doubled to 50% after the pandemic hit, increasing anxiety, depression, loneliness, substance abuse, and domestic violence. So nutrition is the foundation of resilience. It cannot remove the stress of a pandemic or of life, but it can imp improving our nutrition can facilitate our body's ability to better cope with it, to better help our brain function, to help better heal our mind and heal the you know response, the triggers that we have to that past trauma. Oh, I don't know why this picture didn't load. So I wanted to share about a research study of 330 adults with major depressive disorder who had a certain variant of a gene. We talk about genes, right? And how we are born with those instruments in the orchestra, but until the conductor signals for it to play or not, it might not ever play. So in this study of people who had a gene that actually puts them at a predisposition for depression because their body is not able to metabolize folate, one of the most important vitamins in our ability to make brain chemicals. So it's a gene that prevents us from metabolizing and utilizing a nutrient properly. So half of the people got a supplement with folate, zinc, magnesium, thiamine, um, niacin, and B12, and the other half got a placebo, which means it was just like a fake pill. The nutrient group had a greater reduction in their depression symptoms. 42% had remission of their depression symptoms after eight weeks almost half of the group. So when you supplement, it can really support. These are the nutrients that are, have been found to be lower in dietary intake in people who have depression. Vitamin A, B1, B2, B6, folate, potassium, magnesium, uh, calcium, iron, zinc, and they found low B12 and folate in their blood tests. What is it about vitamins and minerals that makes this so special? So let's look at vitamin B, or the B vitamins, sorry, because there are many of them. So let's look at the left first. So when we have vitamin B deficiency, so there are B1, 2, folate is also a B vitamin, B12, um, etc. We're going to have all sorts of symptoms, including weakness and fatigue, so our energy is going to drop, heart palpitations, constipation, diarrhea, gastrointestinal issues, and then we can also have neurological issues. So weakness, um, not able to walk properly. We can also have cognitive decline. So getting symptoms that look like dementia or Alzheimer's, it's not necessarily those diseases, but we are behaving in which uh, it looks like uh, dementia. 
and Alzheimer's, um, epilepsy and multiple sclerosis, as well as psychological symptoms, depression, anxiety, and personality disorders. And so making sure we have optimal levels of B vitamins can help mitigate all of that because we're addressing the root cause problem. We're not getting enough vitamin B or our body is not metabolizing the B vitamins properly, which is a whole other issue. Um, some of the B vitamins roles in creating our brain chemicals include B2, B3, B6, B9, and B12. So these are their names next to them. Riboflavin, niacin, pyridoxine, folate, and cobalamin. So I help you understand exactly which ones you need to be taking together to help you. We've mentioned zinc before, and zinc deficiency is really, really, really critical when it comes to our mental health because zinc helps us to have a healthy amount of GABA. GABA is one of our brain chemicals that helps keep us calm and just settled. We talked about yesterday low GABA symptoms is a lot of physical anxiety, physical tension, that's because when we have a zinc deficiency, we're not only decreasing GABA, but we're increasing glutamate. Glutamate is a stimulatory brain chemical. And in certain amounts, we absolutely want it, right? Because we want to have stimulation and energy. But if we have too much of glutamate, then we don't feel good. We can, it can manifest as like a lot of anxiety. It can manifest as a lot of agitation. And then it can lead to depression as well. We spoke about amino acids yesterday, so I don't want to take too much time on this, but I just wanted to you to point to point out to you exactly where these vitamins and minerals play a special role. So you can see from iron to magnesium, calcium, all of these play a role in creating serotonin. And when we come down here to look at the creation of dopamine, our brain chemical that helps us feel good, that helps us be feel motivated, um, driven, stuff like that. We can look at self-esteem, um, feeling creative, having attention, being able to focus. That's really what it feels like to have adequate dopamine. We can see that folate and magnesium, SAMe, B6, iron, copper, these are all starting to sound similar, right? They're they all play a role. They all have a very vital role. So not consuming nutrients is not the only reason why you might be low in it. So not getting it through your nutrition is not the only reason you'd be low in it. It's definitely one of the first reasons, but it's not the only reason. Sometimes people come to me and they're like, I only eat organic. I eat tons of fruits and vegetables. I eat meat. I eat this. I eat that. I still have low nutrient levels. So then we look in the body to see what is off, what is dysregulated that is not allowing us to absorb the nutrients properly, utilize the nutrients properly. So first and foremost, the soil is deficient in vitamins and minerals. So our fruits, vegetables, things like that don't have the same quantity as they did 50, 100 years ago. It's just not the same. If you do not eat meat, you are not going to be able to get certain vitamins like B12 um, if you are not supplementing. 
So you cannot adequately get these certain vitamins if you just eat a vegetarian or vegan diet strictly. And so therefore you need to supplement with certain things. Otherwise you will start to feel worse after a certain amount of time. Genetic variants. Some of us were born with genetic variants. Sometimes our body has you know, triggered them to turn on and sometimes not. MTHFR gene mutation is a very common gene mutation. This is, about, this is present in about half the population and then to another extent, um, it's even worse in a smaller amount of the population. This would prevent us from utilizing the B vitamin folate properly. Now, it doesn't mean that if you have this gene variation, you're going to have depression. I actually know a lot of people who have this gene variation. They are nowhere close to having depression. They, they don't feel that at all. But you are at a risk. So we want to make sure you're getting adequate levels of folate to support this. So really when it comes down to our genes, and this is a really, really key part that I want you to hear and absorb. If a gene is um, you know, activated, let's just say, and so it's therefore putting us at risk if, if our body's not functioning properly, and it's, it's in the utilization of the nutrients. So therefore we can support our body in, back into balance by giving it adequate doses of those nutrients and adequate forms of those nutrients. It gets a little complicated to know what is what, but the long story short is you need more nutrients and you need a certain quantity and quality and form of those vitamins and minerals to support your body back into balance. So that is often what's driving the imbalance of brain chemicals is either a lack of amino acids or an improper utilization of nutrients. And so we need to just give your body what it needs. That's what it comes down to. You heard me tell the story of the woman who is B12 deficient slightly the other day. Psychotic issues, um, hallucinations, eventually went catatonic when they discovered that she was slightly low in vitamin B12 and they started giving her B12 injections. She started to come back to life to herself. She hadn't felt that good in 15 years. That's a huge deal with a very simple solution. Another reason we might have low nutrient levels is digestion and gut imbalances. So it's not so much what are you eating? The question is, what are you absorbing? And if we have a digestion issue, it is preventing us from properly absorbing the nutrients at all. We're going to get more into that later. Stress. I think we've hammered this home, but stress is a major factor in why our nutrient levels are low. Certain medications, we're actually going to go through a bunch of common medications and which nutrients they lower in our body. And then not getting supplement support as well. Okay, so here are, let me just take a quick sip of water. Here are medications that deplete nutrients in our body. Aspirin and Vicodin. So pain relievers, right? NSAID pain relievers. They um, deplete our glutathione, which is a master antioxidant. This is going to help us fight stress and oxidative stress, basically cell, um, cell stress, 
on that level. It is vital, vital, vital. So taking these regularly is going to knock down your body's ability to produce glutathione. We don't want that. Blood pressure medications are going to deplete zinc and melatonin, the hormone that helps us fall asleep, calcium, chloride, magnesium, and sodium. Cholesterol statins are going to deplete CoQ10 and beta-carotene and vitamin E, and again, that master antioxidant, glutathione. Antidepressant SSRIs are going to deplete our sodium and melatonin, so it'll be harder for us to fall asleep sometimes with these medications. Blood pressure diuretics deplete calcium, magnesium, B6, sodium, B1, vitamin C, zinc, potassium, chloride, and folate. Didn't you just hear me say how important these are for the functioning of our brain, for our brain chemicals? So if we're depleting them with these medications, could that potentially be the cause of your mental health symptoms? Gabapentin for nerve pain can deplete folate. Insulin can deplete magnesium. Diabetes blood sugar medication can deplete folate and B12, and then acid reflux PPIs um, can deplete magnesium, B12, calcium, and iron. So really, really, really important stuff that if you're on any of these, you need to supplement with these vitamins and minerals to help your body out. When do we need more nutrients, right? I keep saying we need more. We need therapeutic doses. Chronic stress. Our bodies react by keeping fight or flight response in constant activation, which can lead to chronic nutrient depletion. Life threats, existential threats, climate change, pandemic, overworking, just PTSD in general, not getting enough sleep. Fight or flight will always take precedent in getting access to nutrients first. So it is going to always be the one to get that. It's like, you know, first responders, they're going to get all of the the uh, support and all the vitamins, all the nutrients, but eventually it's going to run out and the rest of the body needs it. Nature ensures nutrient-dependent functions you need for short-term survival are protected at the expense of longer-term functions like concentration and weight loss. When else do we need more? When we have these genetic variants. Certain SNPs, as they're called, can affect vitamin and minerals' ability to do their job when it comes to keeping our body and brain balanced. There is no single depression gene or anxiety gene. It doesn't exist. But we can have these genetic um, you know, uh, mutations that we're born with that can impact us in the long run, especially if they get triggered. So this requires more nutrients, and then sometimes a special form of that nutrient. I mentioned the MTHFR gene mutation. So 60% of us have some level of dysfunction in this gene. This can put us at, this can cause depression, period. It might not, but it definitely can. Other um, genes that we look at are listed below. AHCY, BHMT, CBS, COMPT, and MAO. How do you find out? You can do a genetic test, you can do 23andMe, and you can get this information and have it interpreted by someone like me, a nutrition practitioner, um, a functional medicine practitioner, or somebody of the like. These are the labs that I recommend. I showed these to you the other day. 
but this is where you can start to assess, have someone assess for you. Um, if you work with me, I will do this with you so you can really learn to interpret what the lab results mean. It's one thing to get them, but then what does it mean? What do I do with this information? Do I take these? Do I take supplements? Do I not take supplements? But having the information helps put more pieces of the puzzle together, right? It just makes sense to have more information to see, okay, are we actually deficient in zinc? Are we overloaded in copper? Do we have low iron? Stuff like that. All right, any questions? Any change? Let me know if it's still not working. Sound on. Okay, thank you. Great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, technology. Okay, so we didn't miss much. Poor gut health has an impact on all of these things. So just like kind of the first checkoff is optimizing nutrition, am I even consuming these nutrients? The next question is, am I absorbing these nutrients? And that is dictated by our gut health. Everything from swallowing to digestion in our stomach to moving into our small intestines, into moving into our colon, and to getting excreted. All of that step-by-step -step plays a role. When we talk about healing gut health, it's super important to do this in the right order. 
often I have people, you know, we hear information all the time and I get it. It's confusing, but it's like, oh, make sure you're taking a probiotic. And oh, these are really good herbs to help, you know, gut health and bone broth, super important. And make sure you're taking a probiotic with all of these strains in it, super important. And that's going to help with bloating. That's going to help with gas. That's going to help with constipation. But if we do this protocol out of order, we could actually make things worse and not even realize it's not necessarily because it's not working. It's just because we're doing it out of order. So that's why I really emphasize this 5-hour protocol with you when we go through the gut health module and we take it step by step. So the first step is remove. Second step is replace. Third is re-inoculate. Four is repair. Five is rebalance. How any how each of us implement this is going to look a little differently because not all of us have the same issues. But we're going to go through the steps regardless of where you're at because we need to like check it off. So we're going to go through each of those in detail. First, I want you to understand that gut health symptoms are not exclusive to the gut. So you can have gut health symptoms, but never experience, like never feel digestion issues. Has anyone ever had like, um, like psoriasis, eczema? That's a big one. Eczema or let's see, um, even like an autoimmune issue that might be like joint pain or something. And you changed what you were eating and those symptoms went away. Like it just went away, but it was never related to gut. Like you never would have thought, oh, I'm having digestive issues and that's related to my eczema. Well, I'm here to tell you that they're very much related, even if you never had a gut health symptom. So they can of course be digestive symptoms like bloating, burping, gas, certain gas. I know this is not fun, but I talk about poop all the time. So it doesn't even faze me anymore. Certain smelling gas indicates that you could have a bacterial overgrowth issue, actually. So if you eat certain foods, or even just in general any food you eat, and you have really terrible gas, that is a really good indication that we do have gut health issues that we need to balance out because it's causing all sorts of problems. Having nausea, um, acid reflux, also not, not normal. And also we learned you know, acid reflux drugs, not good to take. They actually mask the problem. And it is more often than not, not a high, not a high stomach acid issue that causes reflux. It's actually a low stomach acid problem that causes reflux. And then we take medication to lower the stomach acid even further. And then it just perpetuates the problem. It actually causes more of the problem. Constipation and or diarrhea or cycling of both. IBS, stuff like that. Um, a feeling like food is just sitting in your stomach and it's just you're full, just really, really full for a long time after eating. Rectal itching, unfortunately, and then um, vitamin and mineral deficiencies as well. But we can also have neurological symptoms, brain fog, fatigue, depression, anxiety, trouble concentrating, feeling like ADHD, memory issues, irritability can all be stemming from poor gut health. And then our immune system, because as we know, the majority of our immune system lives in our gut. So we can have yeast infections, we can have yeast overgrowth, candida, 
chronic yeast infections, um, UTI frequency, sinus infections, post-nasal drip. You can, maybe you think it's allergies. You know, it's like that commercial. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's allergies. Maybe it's gut health issues. Asthma, um, autoimmune conditions, a lot of them stem from poor gut health that has then triggered the autoimmune condition that we were genetically predisposed for. See how that works? We have the genetic predisposition, but then there's a trigger. There's something that ignites it, whether it's like a food, um, like a stomach bug or a virus or a bacterial infection or just like some sort of bug can trigger autoimmune and also trigger mental health stuff. Eczema, skin rashes, all these. I was in St. Martin at the end of, actually at the beginning of February, and I really don't eat cheese anymore. I really don't eat dairy. I can tolerate a little bit, but at a certain point, I do not. And I know that because I get bloating and gas and it's just, it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't like ruin my day, but it definitely does not feel good. And in St. Martin, half the island, uh, so it's half French and half Dutch. And we stayed on the French side and we had so much delicious French food. And I was eating more cheese than I probably have had in my entire life, I'm, and I'm Italian, so I'm not even exaggerating. But especially in my adult life, I have I don't really eat cheese at all. But we were having like cheese um, as appetizers, you know, brie, and what else? I don't even know what kind of cheese it was. It was just a lot. And about a couple days in, I started to have these bumps on the back of my arm, and there's a name for it, but um, just not painful, not itchy, not even discolored, skin color, but just to the touch, I could feel like my skin felt like, nickname is chicken skin, but it felt, had these bumps on the back of my arm. And initially I was like, huh, I wonder if it's because I'm using a different um, suntan lotion. And then I realized this is because of the cheese. This is definitely because of the dairy more dairy that I'm eating more than ever. And what was happening was it was causing an immune reaction, just very subtle, like nothing serious. And so that is because my gut does not tolerate dairy. And so therefore when I eat dairy, it actually puts my gut in a more weakened position. It inflames my immune system because my body's like pathogen, not good, not good for us and therefore it manifests as that for me. So I just stopped eating the cheese and it was gone within five days and I haven't had it since. And I also haven't had any cheese since. So not a coincidence. I wanna tell you about Carrie. So let's talk about some examples, some, some testimonials of people who have healed their gut and healed their mental health stuff. So Carrie had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, autoimmune thyroid anxiety and gut issues because of a bacterial infection. She could no longer tolerate gluten, but eliminating it hadn't gotten rid of the bloating, the discomfort, and the fatigue. She was on oral birth control to help regulate her PMS, and her anxiety was worse um, when she developed insomnia. She was prescribed Zoloft, which she was on for two years. She gained a bunch of weight despite running 20 miles a week. And she was, you know, tried a bunch of other medications, but eventually she came here and she went on a protocol that we cover in the program, which basically not only had her remove gluten, but had her remove all processed food. We, we identified through the food sensitivity elimination 
protocol what other things she was sensitive to that were causing gut health issues, and we removed those. We also added in more food variety to help her gut bacteria thrive and flourish. She also cleaned out her entire home from chemical toxins that were in her environment, so we changed um, some of the chemicals that she was using to clean the house. We got rid of her scented candles. We changed over her plastic Tupperware to glass Tupperware, her glass water bottles, I'm sorry, her plastic water bottles over to glass, stuff like that. And then we incorporated a lot of um, nervous system regulation techniques like meditation, cold shower, the things that we were talking about this week. And then we prioritize sleep and exercise. And she tra transformed within months, like full transformation within months. Felt better than she has ever had before, got back to running, lost the weight that she was just holding on to, not because we cut her calories or anything like that, but because we we unblocked the things that were stressing her body out. We removed them and then added things that were going to help her body feel good. There is um, a new treatment that's been out for a few years that actually transplants the microbiome, so the gut bacteria, from a healthy person into the gut of an unhealthy person. They've done this with people with depression. So an example is a, they um, transplanted a 26-year-old who had um, certain mental health issues, and they gave her a fecal microbiome transplant. So yes, like poop transplant, essentially, with a 70-year-old... Um, with treatment-resistant, sorry, I'm mixing up two stories, with treatment-resistant depression. So the bacterial diversity of the healthy, um, the healthy individual transplanted into the microbiome of the unhealthy individual. So the one girl with the anorexia and the other person with the treatment-resistant depression, they were each receiving a healthy person's microbiome, so they implanted it, transplanted it rather. Um, so you do this through like capsules, essentially. And the bacterial diversity increased for both of these patients and their mental health improved both. So the person who was struggling with depression, their depression symptoms relieved, and the girl who was struggling with anxiety, I'm sorry, with anorexia also had her anorexia symptoms um, re relieved as well. What they found was the more depressed you were, the lower the bacterial diversity in that person's gut. So when we have low diversity, meaning we only have like a few strains of certain bacteria, then we are actually more likely to have physical and mental health problems. Bacteria plays a direct role in our mental health increasing the variety of gut bacteria for mental health is vital. Adults with psychological symptoms and digestive symptoms were given a fecal microbiome transplant. 50% of those with depression and 60% of those with anxiety went into remission following the FMT. The more depressed you were, the lower the bacterial diversity, and so increasing the diversity, giving them better, like healthier strains of bacteria, actually help them recover. Um, this is Deanna, and she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, 
And after her first and only manic episode, um, she experienced she was put on medication, but she wanted to do whatever she could naturally to just help her body. She wasn't even trying to get off medication, but what ended up happening was after only 30 days of cutting out gluten and dairy and being sugar-free, her anxiety was gone. She had no more depressive bipolar episodes. Her sleep is more refreshing and getting better all the time. Her dizziness down by 30%. She was down 10 pounds. Her swollen glands under her arms were gone. She was more flexible and practicing yoga again and just getting out and walking more. So she just felt better and she was just moving more naturally. Short-term memory and recall improved by 30 to 40%. Less reactive to events, less manic episodes, like those were gone. I feel very calm. Having been in survival mode due to extreme child abuse and undergoing 17 years of therapy, the body was the last piece of the puzzle. 30 days. That's life-changing in a short time. Amazing, right? I know. Just want to make sure that I'm still here. Okay, good. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> I know. So many people love cheese, and actually this is super crazy, but... Cheese has a certain, um, I guess, chemical in it, protein in it, that actually our opiate receptors in our brain receive. So when we have cheese, if someone's like, I love cheese, if you took cheese away from me, I would die. I would just die. My mom says that. Um, it's actually activating the opiate receptor in our brain. So opiates like... Um, you know, drugs <laughs> that actually give you like a euphoric feeling. Actually, you know what's um, an opiate? Endorphins. So we know how good when we feel like when we have just an endorphin rush, right? Runner's high or high from moving or sex or something like that, right? Endorphin high. You get the same thing with um, cheese because it's an opioid receptor. <laughs> so that explains a lot <laughs> why we feel like we're addicted to cheese. Um, all right, so let's go through these steps so that you at least have a baseline idea of like how to do this. And then of course, in Natural Solutions, we go through this in much more depth. But step one, remove. Step one, we wanna remove anything that can be irritating your gut at all. And this can be anything from food sensitivities. So we would do a food sensitivity elimination reset here. It's about three weeks where we remove known food sensitivities like gluten, dairy, sometimes we go a little bit further into depth like um, legumes and peanuts and um, soy. Sometimes we remove eggs and there's a few other ones, corn, stuff like that, that we remove. Sugar, of course. And then we reintroduce one at a time to see if there is a reaction in your body. And after doing that, you really have a much clearer understanding of, wow, I really don't feel good on this. Or when I eat this, wow, I didn't realize how tired I got after I ate that food. Or I didn't realize I got a headache as soon as I ate that food. I never connected that before. So it's extremely enlightening. And of course, I walk you through it step by step. Then we also want to remove any infections caused by bacteria or parasites. I know that's not fun to talk about, but yeast, fungus, and other pathogens. We can test for some of these things, and then there are individual healing protocols for each. So like 
with SIBO, which is a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, it is something that we can test using a breath test. So I would have, depending on if you like are someone who gets very bloated, um, can be constipated, can be full of diarrhea, um, lots of different symptoms can be caused by SIBO. And therefore we would do the breath test. You would find out if you do have this small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and then we would do the protocol necessary to remove it and to help your body um, keep it out. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a process, can take three to six months, but I walk you through it and really you're healing. And when you have, you know, when you heal a little bit more and you actually remove an infection, your body is just going to flourish and thrive that much more. So parasites, same thing. We can do different um, testing to, in your stool to see if you do have parasite infections. There are different herbs and things like that. It's all natural that we do to help kill and remove these parasites. You would not believe. This is a really cool fact. So around the full moon, like three days before the full moon to the full moon and three days after, parasite um, activity increases which is kind of funny because like there's all the, the full moon, like crazy people come out, right? The loons. But um, actually parasite infection increases around the time of the full moon. And so often that's a way to identify if parasites are actually causing some of your mental health symptoms or at least your gut health symptoms. And then you would do the parasite protocol. Um, it's ideal to actually start it around the full moon. So I go into detail on that. And then of course, removing any medications that can be irritating your gut, like acid reflux drugs, pain relievers, any of the ones that we mentioned earlier. And then removing or reducing stress, at least learning to help to regulate it, regulate your body better when it comes to outside sources of stress. Then we want to replace. We want to replace the things that were lost. Is it a full moon tonight, Lorraine? I thought it was a new moon. I'm not sure. I don't really follow the full moon schedule as much as I would like to. Um, but I usually try and post about the parasites every full moon, so I have to double check. But I feel like it's a new moon. Anyway, I could be wrong. Okay, so after we remove those things that we know to be stressful, then we start to replace. Now, when we talk about replace, we are talking about assisting our digestion so that it's functioning more appropriately. So sometimes it's a low stomach acid issue. So we would replace our stomach acid by taking HCL pills. I actually have a full protocol about how to figure out if you're low in stomach acid because if you are, you're not able to absorb vitamin B12 properly and that's a huge mental health factor. So then I'll help you um, get those stomach acid levels back. Digestive enzymes, these are also supplements you can take and it basically helps assist you in digesting fat, protein, and carbs. And when I say digest, what that means is breaking it down into its most elemental form. So carbs break down to sugars, proteins break down to amino acids, fats break down to essential fatty acids, which we need in order to absorb them. Because if we don't break them down, we can't absorb them in their big, blocky, fat, protein, carb forms. They need to be small enough to pass through our gut lining and get to our blood and go where they need to go. So if we're not digesting it down enough, we're just not even absorbing it at all. 
bile salts help us break down fats. If you have lost your gallbladder, if you have had it surgically removed, I don't think anyone just loses it, <laughs> but if you've had your gallbladder removed, uh, you probably need to take bile salts and because you are not able to digest fats appropriately. And most people don't know that even though they've had their gallbladder removed. So I'll help you do that. And then herbs, different herbs can promote good digestion. So like bitters, there are many different herbs. Each of them have their own properties and it actually helps prime us for digestion and can reduce gas and bloating and stuff like that. So this is where the step we replace all of those things. Reinoculate. This is a fancy word for repopulating the gut with good bacteria and the foods that they like to eat. So who knows the difference between a probiotic and a prebiotic? Exactly, yes. So probiotics are the actual bacterial strains that live in our gut. And we can take them, you know, as a probiotic supplement and we're actually putting good bacteria back into our gut. Prebiotics is the food that the bacteria thrive on. And we can also take that in a supplement form, or we can just eat foods that have prebiotics in them. So um, this step comes after we remove the stressors and the irritants, and then we can add this stuff in. Because if we add it too early, People with active forms of SIBO or IBS or Crohn's disease or celiac disease can actually have a flare-up if they incorporate this too early. So it's like, isn't aren't I supposed to have good gut bacteria? Aren't I supposed to be eating fiber? Yes, but if you have this going on actively and we haven't removed the stressors, it's like... You know when your gums are really sore, you know, like swollen and sore, and then you try to brush your teeth, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's so painful, and gums bleed more, and you just irritate it more? Well, obviously brushing your teeth is a good thing, but when it's already inflamed, it's going to be more sensitive to the really harsh brush bristles, right? Same thing with the inside of our intestines. If it's inflamed, the harsh stuff like um, fiber, and hard, hard things like that are going to just irritate it and flare it up more. So we need to calm the inflammation before we add back the good stuff. So prebiotics, food that our good bacteria love to eat, these are like fiber-rich foods. Resistant starch, onions, asparagus, um, oats. I have a full list of all prebiotic-containing foods that you would increase to help feed your good bacteria so they can live and thrive. We want to keep them happy. If they're not happy, literally our mental health is not happy. And then the probiotics. So foods rich in beneficial bacteria can help repopulate your gut. Um, fermented foods like yogurt and sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, kefir... But I would say the fermented foods are not great like therapeutically. So again, if somebody has a flare-up of one of these gut issues, I wouldn't have them do fermented foods because it actually could make it worse. So this is something you'd want to do after you've calmed it down as well. These are not going to be fast acting. This is like just something to help keep like a good um, incoming always of these of these bacteria, but it takes like months for them to build up. 
That's why probiotic supplements are ideal for this because even after a few days, like after a week of taking probiotics, it can start to recolonize and it, so it's faster acting. There's different probiotic supplements for different reasons. I go into this more in depth in the Natural Solutions program, but if you take a basic probiotic, you just want it to have a variety of different strains of lactobacillus and bifidobacteria. So there's going to be like multiple names of them, but it'll say lactobacillus rhamnosus, lactobacillus this, bifidobacterium longum, bifidobacterium. So just those and the strains. When we go in deeper, some people need more support than just that. And then we bring in things like Saccharomyces boulardii and spore forming probiotics. And so it gets a little bit in the weeds there, but if that's necessary for you, I guide you through that. And then we move on to repair. So what are we repairing? We're repairing the gut lining of the inside of our gut. So even just think of like the inside of our mouth, right? Cause like our mouth and our gut are, I mean, it's one long tube. So think of the inside of your mouth. If you had little um, like holes in the inside of the of your mouth lining, things would start to, it would be irritated, right? It would be like little cuts. Well, it's even worse than that when it comes to our gut lining because if we have leaky gut or where little holes start to form between the gaps um, of, our, of our intestinal cells, then things like start to slip through into our bloodstream that shouldn't be slipping through at all. Remember, our gut is the first line of defense against pathogens. So if it's things are slipping by, that ain't good. When I say things, I mean like bacteria, um, food particles. One of the reasons why Hashimoto's and um, autoimmune disease comes about is because food particles, gluten specifically, is slipping from our gut into our bloodstream and our body starts attacking this foreign food particle that's not supposed to be in our bloodstream. And then it actually mistakenly starts attacking our thyroid cells because they look so similar to the gluten. I know it sounds weird, but that's exactly what happens. So people who have Hashimoto's thyroid problems have to be gluten-free. And then that, also, that helps tremendously with their natural healing. All right, so anyway, so we use different nutrients to heal the lining of the gut, different vitamins, A, C, D, and E minerals like zinc, amino acids. So bone broth is so good for this. Collagen is so good for this. And then we can take supplements. So L-glutamine, which we learned about, which is an amino acid, collagen, aloe vera, yep. Marshmallow, slippery elm, all of these kind of help coat the gut. Think about aloe vera, like how good it is. Even on a burn, right? It just coats it. So it does the same thing in our gut and it can help heal the lining. And then in step five, we just are working to re keep ourselves balanced. So we want to continue to prioritize managing our stress, improving our sleep, having healthy movement practice regularly, and then building a healthy community and relationships so that we help keep ourselves. After we did all those steps, we don't want to revert back and have to start again. No, hell no. We want to now keep ourselves in good health so then we can maintain that in a multitude of ways. So then what would you do after this? You would continue to dive deeper. So not every part of every single step that I just talked about is gonna apply to you. This is where 
the individualized program comes into play. What, you what your symptoms are, what your questionnaire results are, what your test results are, all of that is gonna dictate what you need to do with me, of course, guiding you in that. The amount of time you'll be working on one step or another varies from person to person. For some, it's like, you know, a few days to a week. For others, especially if you have SIBO or a parasite or something, it can be months. It can be months. And I know that can be frustrating, but I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Um, would you rather still suffer for years and years or forever, or would you take a few months to heal yourself, you know, and go through that? so that you can start to actually make progress. Some steps must be completed before starting the next one, and some things can be done simultaneously. So you, if you don't have like an active um, like digestive flare, then you can do a couple of these steps at the same time. And then of course, you can always set up a 90 minute one-to-one -one consultation with me um, at a tremendous discount, and I can review everything with you, and then we can have a clear plan going forward. Um, that's probably the best value for you. And again, if necessary, we can go deeper on these gut health labs and get the information we need through like a stool test or through the SIBO breath test, um, through a urinary organic acid test, through a sex hormone test, through genetic testing. So either way, we're working together. All right, we made it guys, day four. Solid. I'm kind of proud of myself for keeping this at least a 90 minute and under, you know, each day. So um, the homework for today is to try a 30 to 60 second cold shower at the end of your like regular shower. Or you can, of course, just jump in straight up cold, but it makes it a little bit easier if you've had some warm. But try to stay in for 30 to 60 seconds. My like side tip is play a song when you're in the shower and you'll want to like dance and sing and it's fun and it'll distract you a little bit. But definitely take deep breaths. And then if you haven't taken the amino acid quiz, um, do that. Uh, take the quiz. I put the link in our replay. And then share one gem that you learned today in our Facebook group. So see you tomorrow for day five. We're going to talk all about exercise, one of my favorite topics. We are going to talk, we already talked nutrient deficiencies. So tomorrow we're going to talk more um, hormonal health. So adrenals and PMS and um, estrogen and thyroid and all that stuff. Um, okay, let me stop sharing. Let me answer some questions. Okay, you can't download the workbooks. All right, I'll double check and see what's going on with that. It's all like a Google link. So I will make sure that Google is allowing people to see, um, to see them. Oh wait, maybe you can see them and can't download them. Is that what's happening? I'll double check. Either way, I'll make sure they're available. Thank you for telling me that. Any other questions before we sign off today? Thank you guys for your engagement and for all of your great um, insights and questions. Before I forget, yeah, Lori, thank you as well. Okay, it might not just be you. I'm gonna double check. All right, everybody, have a great, great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, Friday, we're an hour earlier because I have to be out of here by a certain time. So we're gonna start at 12 noon Eastern tomorrow. So that's 9 a.m. Pacific and then adjust based on your time zone. All right, so I'll see you here tomorrow at 12 Eastern. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.